lives in Northern Ireland. I read the news of this latest earthquake, cocooned in the comfort of my armchair. The story printed in the pages of the papers everyone else who lived in my village bought, not the briefing papers that had once been rushed to me by car and by night, letting me into their secret world long before anyone else I went to church with heard about their contents. I wondered whether anyone would call me about what was going on, whether I was going to be needed. Although no call came in the first week after the story broke, I kept hoping. No one wants to be forgotten, not in their own lifetime. Then came the news in yesterday's papers that Jerry Adams had been taken in for questioning on the strength of some of the interviews given to the researchers, and the Boston tapes were briefly on everybody's lips. They called them the Boston tapes in the papers, not discs, not sound files. I thought that was strange at first. It made me wonder how the interviews had been recorded. I suppose it's just the phrase still echoing onwards, even though we've surely left all cassettes behind by now. There is something about a tape that means the image holds interest long after it has been rendered technologically obsolete. The idea of a ribbon of speech a voice speaking one truth on one side and then saying something else completely different on the other, two stories that might have contained anything at all, separated only by the breadth of the tongue they were told by. That is magical. And I think perhaps it's very human as well. Isn't the life of any person made up of the telling of two tales, after all? People live in the space between the realities of their lives and the hopes that they have for them. People spin myths from the quotidian roots of their experience in order to create a small cocoon of space in which they can live between the dream that they could never hope to grasp and the indifferent ordinariness of everything around them in which they can tell themselves things might be about to get exciting no matter how cramped the quarters seem, how dark the dawn, how low the ceiling. That is the duality in everything. The whole world makes some sense if you remember that everyone has two lives, their real lives and their dreams, both stories only a tape's breadth apart from each other, impossibly divided, indivisibly close. And still there's more to it than that. There's more that's seductive in the image than only that. It wasn't just about dreaming. It seemed to me, once I thought about it, that these tapes laced through with murders and remembering were a vision of the speeches and silences that defined every life, the all-too-human need to make a statement, to cage oneself into a set of words. They were about wanting to tell the truth, wanting the days of your life and the acts of your life to be known to have happened and to have had some weight, to have left some kind of meaning behind them imprinted at least in language, if nothing else. They were about laying out the mess of the self, for others to unravel, trying to participate in the argument of the world after you'd left it, and longing to live forever, to be clearer, to be seen, and to see things as you thought they really were. But I'm getting ahead of myself. At the start of the day, all this still waited like a bomb in the back of my mind, and talk of the Boston tapes lay hours off into the future. From Interview 18 all interviewees' names redacted to maintain anonymity. 
I joined up after Bloody Sunday. A lot of us did. The Brits had killed a kid, for God's sake. They shot this kid through a wall. They said they were returning fire from some IRA men up on this block of flats, and that's where the boy was sleeping in his bed. And that's when they shot him. He died in his bed. You hear that from a lot of occupying forces, you know. We were only returning fire from fellows who were hiding in among civilians. If you believe all you read, that's what the Palestinians spend all day doing, hiding among civilians. I don't know about it. For our lot, human shields, that'd be a disaster, wouldn't it? We need people on our side. Anyway, there was this guy doing the rounds in the wake of it all. That week after Bloody Sunday, went from house to house, asking whether now might be a time to...